0: You're listening to a Covenant Original Podcast. It's always a mistake to decide what you're going to do with your life before you decide who you're going to be. Here is Who Before What. We are going to talk a little bit out of Genesis chapter 37. So if you want to go ahead and turn there while we get started. Genesis chapter 37, if you are new to the scriptures... That is the first book in the Bible, and so just open it up to the beginning and turn until you see that big number 37, and you'll be there. We're going to talk about Joseph this morning. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. How many of you guys are excited about 2017? Yeah? How many of you guys are just clapping because you know you're supposed to clap and you're like kind of scared because 2016 kind of slapped you around a little bit? Well, we don't really want to say that out loud, do we? 2016 was weird, right? We had this weird round of celebrity deaths that we don't know what to do with. We had that election thing happen. That was weird, right? Guys, the Cubs won the World Series. It's weird, right? The Blue Jackets are the best team in the NHL right now. Things are a little weird, yeah? The Buckeyes are not winning right now. Listen, it was, it was kind of weird. Uh, it was kind of a weird year. And I don't know about you, but, but I get in my head about New Year's resolutions and, and things that, that I want to I wanna push forward for in, in the new year. And I don't know about you, but I mean, just having conversations with some of you and watching some of you at a distance from social media and things like that, I know that some of you faced some of the hardest battles that you've ever faced in 2016. I know some of you had uh, illness, and some of you had financial strain, and some of you had job issues, and some of you had friend issues, and some of you had just all kinds of things going on. So, some of us had a great year, but but for some of us, we just don't want to relive that year ever again. And, and I don't know about you, but when I have one of those years, I, I kind of get excited about 2017 or the, the new year, whatever that new year is, because it's a clean slate. And so we can get excited about it, but but don't we kind of go straight to those resolutions like, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to stop eating so much pizza, right? We're going we're gonna to run more. We're going to get up earlier. We're going to be a better, a better worker. We're going to get that promotion. We're going we're gonna to be healthier. We're going to go on more vacations. We're going to live an exciting life that we're going to look back on. And, and, and here's what I want to maybe focus our attention on this morning because all those things are great right? You're, you're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to go to the gym, and you're not going to be able to find a treadmill, right? Because there's going to be people there. And that's great. That's a good problem to have. And, and there's all kinds of people paying off credit cards. And that's, that's great. But I want to focus our attention around this quote that's, that's really helped guide my life. And it's this. Andy Stanley said it this way. It's always a mistake to decide what you're going to do with your life before you decide who you're going to be. It's always a mistake to decide what you're going to do with your life before you decide who you're going to be. Joseph's story is going to be an encouragement to you this morning. If you had a rough year, if you've even had a rough couple months, if, if maybe you're going into 2017 with fear and trepidation, this is an encouraging story for you. Um, it's, it may be a little bit of a hard story. It may not be what you expected because it is a true success story. It's a picture of someone in the Old Testament who, who points us to Jesus like like a lot of our heroes in the Old Testament and the New Testament do. But he points us to Jesus, but it doesn't point us to Jesus as a hero in, in the same sense that, that you see our, 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 our movies that are played on screens like this, right? That, that everything just kind of falls in a place, everything kind of works, everything kind of... He goes through massive amounts of pain and years and years and years of torture before God puts him in the place that he was always Designed to be. It may be that you have gone through some things so that God can put you where He wants to put you. And I hope this story is going to be an inspiration. In Genesis 37, we see Jacob. Jacob, just the first couple verses, uh, verse one, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of, of Canaan. There are generations of, these are the generations of uh, Jacob. Jo- Joseph, his son, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of billah and Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought, um, Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, Israel had loved Joseph more than any other of his sons. That's a bad sign for the record. Joseph, I mean, that's just bad parenting for the record. I mean, my wife and I, by the way, we had a discussion about this in the car driving back from vacation um, because, and, and I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands, but have, have you ever met that person that like definitely has a favorite child right that's this story right and I'm not saying that I'm perfect or that I love you know my, my literally my oldest child is in the room right now so I got to be kind of careful right because he's going to be like you know my dad said that he loved me more than than you guys that is exactly what is going to happen in this story he loved Joseph more than his brothers because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. If you grew up in church, you've heard this story. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the, all the brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Okay, so all of a sudden, this is kind of Joseph's, Problem, but it wasn't really brought. It's, it's it's Jacob's fault, right? It's not that Joseph necessarily did anything. He's about to do some stuff to make it worse, right? Uh, God brings him some dreams, uh, some visions, and, and 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 they are directly pertaining to his future. These are big dreams. Okay, so he has two. The first one that you'll see in verse six, he said to them, "Hear this dream. This is this is Joseph telling his brothers about the dream that he just had. Hear, hear this dream that I've just had. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and my sheaf arose and stood upright." behold your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to mine how, how crazy is that I guess mine was better than yours or maybe just I'm better than you I don't know it's a God dream I don't know what he's trying to say it's not me who said it right can you imagine Joseph kind of backing himself up with this like I don't I don't know I mean it's just a dream I had and his brothers are literally like standing there across their arms and gnashing their teeth dreaming of what they're about to do like I have some dreams too Joseph it involves a pit it involves blood it involves bruises right so he has a second dream. Um, this, is, this is what I, I picture, by the way. These are dreams that Joseph had. I don't know if God intended that he share these dreams or if this is Joseph, the rookie, just <laughs> spouting out in front of his brothers. Uh, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were, were bowing down to me. And at this point, no one's happy, right? No, and, and you wouldn't be either. Right? I don't have a brother. I grew up with, with a sister. It was just us two. But I have three sons. And if this happens in my house, uh, if one of my boys does this to, to his brothers, I, like you walked yourself into this situation. There is nothing I can do to protect you from your brothers who are about to pound on you. Right, You walked yourself into this octagon. You're just going to have to fight it out. And he's going he's gonna to fight it out, Joseph would live this life. We're going to breeze over the next couple chapters because there's a lot going on, but Joseph's story essentially turns into this. Joseph, Joseph's brothers start to plot and contrive a plan, and they say, we're going to kill him. We're going to kill him, and we're going to take his his robe, and we're going to dip it in, 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 in blood, and we're going to, we're essentially just going to leave him in a pit, and we're going to bring it back to to dad and say, like, Man, uh, uh, he was mauled by an animal. This isn't a good situation. And then they have a moment of compassion, and they say, no, you know what? After all, he is our brother, so we should probably just sell him into slavery and not kill him. I mean, you know, we're, we're blood and all. Uh, and so <laughs> there's just this moment where, where you're thinking, like, this is, this is nuts. They're actually going to do this. So they actually do. They sell him into slavery. And then years go by. This is what happens in the Bible, by the way. If you are wondering why God is not intervening in your life, there are sentences that pass in the Bible that cover a couple years before someone realizes their potential, their dream, God's vision for their life. There are sentences that go by. What if 2016 was summed up? What if 2017, pardon me, was summed up in one sentence, but you've got to live it out for 12 months? What if it's painful to get to the place that God has for you? but you've got to live it out, right? This is tough. Sometimes we read the Bible and we get excited. We need to remember that Joseph was, was going to be in slavery for a couple years and that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Remember this as we talk about this. Joseph's plan that God had all along for him was greatness. But his, his first step to greatness was getting sold into slavery. It was something tough, was something that no one would choose and this was God's plan. And I want to I want to be careful how I say that, because some of you are going to start to um, put your situation in Joseph's shoes. And you're going to say, well, that terrible thing happened to me, and, and did God do that to me? And we're going to address that in a little bit, okay? We're going to address that. Um, there's going to be this moment where he's sold into slavery, and then you're going to see almost the theme from Genesis 37 to 50 as we talk about Joseph is the Lord was with Joseph the Lord was with Joseph so in 37 they were going to kill him but they 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 changed their minds and they sold him into slavery the next thing he rises up in the ranks in slavery and rises up all the way to the to serve the guy who's second in command below Pharaoh and he ends up with uh, this guy named Potiphar Potiphar's great Potiphar's going to treat him right Potiphar's wife has problems right she has what you might call um, issues right, some, some issues. She, she has this servant boy in the house, and so she is going to kind of start to lust after him. The scripture literally says he was a good-looking guy, and, and she is going to go after him, and next thing you know, um, the boss's wife goes after Joseph. Joseph runs, and then he gets into trouble again, right? He is in a prison, this is this is Joseph's story. This is you you would think, right? He's in prison, he's done his time, and he ends up in prison again. He ends up in prison again and again and again. So um, that happens all the way in through 39. He goes to prison and then he ends up with these two prisoners in chapter 40. He he is interpreting some dreams for them, and they are the ones, at least one of them, gets a voice with Pharaoh. And Joseph, what he's after years of being in prison, after years of being in enslaved, he, he says to this prisoner, he's like, I'm going to interpret your dream. This is the deal. You're going to go in front of Potiphar, or in front of Pharaoh, and you're going to interpret this dream for him. You just need to do this. Remember me... Right. When you get there, you're going to go do this awesome thing and you're going to you're going to get out of prison. Just remember me. Right. Because I'm helping you out. And so this guy goes and he he meets Pharaoh and he forgets Joseph. Joseph stays in prison even longer. And then there's this next verse where it says after two whole years in verse in chapter 41, verse one, after two whole years. This is a sentence goes by and two years goes by. He's stuck in prison all because the guy that he helped out didn't return the favor, right? This is Joseph's story. And all we know about Joseph is the Lord was with him. He's a man of character. And and what we can deduce from this story is that every time he's in a tough position, he walks it out with character and with grace, right? Understanding that the Lord was with him. Understand that the Lord was with him. Maybe that is the the thing that we need to hear this morning is that the Lord is with us even through our tough times. It doesn't mean that the Lord has left us or has abandoned us. Scripture would say the opposite. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Hebrews 13.5 would say that. And what we need to understand is even through those tough times, because we're going through a tough time, does not mean necessarily that God is punishing us. It means that he's building us. He's crafting us. He's got a plan and he's got a vision. Verse 41, I'm sorry, chapter 41. After two whole years for a dream that he was standing by the Nile, this is going to be the game changer for Joseph because Joseph is going to be put in a position where he is going to interpret this dream that, that this whole region is going to have seven years of plenty and then they're going to have seven years of of drought, right? And, and seven years of plenty feels good, right? I, I kind of feel like seven years of plenty is kind of like, as a 33-year-old, as a like kind of what I grew up with. We, we, it seemed like everything was good. It seemed like everything was fine. And then there's this like recession that hits, and then there's like not as much as we used to have. I, I mean, I know that we're still good, right? We're sitting in a movie theater, right? For the most part, life is, life is good. But um, this was a, a real tragedy, seven years of plenty, and then seven years of want. And Joseph is, in this moment, put in a place of influence. Why? Because he knew that the Lord was with him the whole time, and he walked out his story with character and grace, knowing that the Lord was with him. And in this moment, he could have used this moment for his own good or for his own, and he's going to use this for everyone's good. And he's going he's gonna to interpret the dreams. He's going to say, listen, seven years of plenty are coming, and they're going to feel good, and you're going to want to eat. You're going to want to eat twice as much. You're going you're to want to be a glutton. But save some, because seven years of plenty are coming. And there's going to be regions around us that have droughts as well. And if we stock this stuff up, if we store this stuff up, in fact, I have a plan. I have a plan to store this stuff up so that we can save the whole region from this drought that's about to happen. Little did Joseph know that his brothers would fall victim to that drought. Now, put yourself in Joseph's position the family members, right? This is getting real for some of you because you just left Christmas dinner, right? And you had that argument about that thing that you always talk about with your family, right? You, you've, got, you've got issues that come up. You've got tensions that arise, whether you're passive aggressive like, like my family or whether you just get everything out in the air like my wife's family, right? However it is, you, you, you have that issue. The family, right, The family that hurt Joseph is now falling prey to this drought. And in this moment, Joseph is going to create a plan. And he's going to be put in influence again. Why? Yeah, because he's good at what he does. There's something to be said for excellence. But there's something to be said for the fact that the Lord was with him. And he walked out this story, right, with character. And then he moves forward. He has this plan And in this moment, he sets up this plan. And if you fast forward all the way through, in fact, this would be a good story to read the rest of this week. I don't have time to read eight chapters worth of scripture for you. But between 42 and 50, chapters 42 and 50 of Genesis, you see this story where his brothers are seeking help and where Joseph is kind of walking out this plan. And there's this moment, right, where Joseph is going to meet his brothers. And I don't know what you would be tempted to do in this moment. Right? The whole region can have food. But these guys, they need to be put in the prison that I was put in. Right? They need to taste some of my medicine. They need to experience what I experienced. It was their fault. And there's this moment where he's going to meet them. And what does he do? He breaks down in tears and runs away because he is so kind of fraught with emotion. He does this a couple times. And then he's going to meet them. And he's going to provide for them, right? All the way, let me fast forward all the way to Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. This is kind of a key verse for this story. Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you you meant evil against me. But what? But God meant it for good so that all these people would be saved. They'd be fed. They'd be healthy. They'd be saved. And I I, I happen to think about that in in the sense of... um, what we do here in church right that the world is not necessarily pro-church or pro-christian right now and so we may not be in a place of influence we talked about that in minority last month but it doesn't mean that we try to seek that place of influence by having some sort of title or position right what do we do we serve what we pray we make disciples we love, we show compassion. Jesus said you'll know them by their protests, right? No, he said you'll know them by their love. And so we, ha- we as a church, we are in a place like Joseph where maybe we are not in a place of, uh, of influence that we would want, but we continue to love, we continue to show compassion. I think about it this way. There's this story that, that we see um, Joseph's living out, and, and, I, and, and I was watching the New Year's Eve um, commentators last night, in fact, right right as, as it was getting kind of close to midnight, I can't remember, I think it was, it was Gloria Stefan that said like, all good things, only good things, right? And, and I know that's good and, and I'm not necessarily saying that she should, should have said like, we're gonna have some hard times in 2017 because that doesn't make for good TV, right? It just doesn't. It doesn't make for a cheery New Year's Eve. But, but as much as we want good things to happen, can we just go ahead and have a reality check? and just know some, some junky things are gonna come at us this year. Some junky things are gonna come at us. Some of you are going to experience the toughest things that you've ever experienced in this year. You thought 2016 was hard, maybe 2017 is going to be harder. Hang with me. I know that you're like, man, I came to church to be encouraged. I'm really depressed right now. I don't know what this guy's doing. Here's what I'm saying. We can handle whatever comes at us in this world if we just remember this that the Lord's presence is enough in our lives. Right? His promises are trustworthy. Right? He is loving of us. And what the world means for evil against us, God is going to use for good. I don't I don't presume to say I would never say that that God is the author of all the pain in your life right now but he is the redeemer of it he's not going to waste it he's not going to allow you to walk through that without growing you into the person that you've you've designed to be so I want to remind us of that quote that Andy Stanley had at the beginning it is always a mistake to decide what we're going to do before we decide who we're going to be The stuff that you go through in this world is more important than your destination. It creates you. It makes you the person that you are. And you will be able to handle it if you just remember. If you're most comforted by God's presence, right, rather than the things that we run to when things go bad. If we're most comforted by God's presence. I'm serious. That seems like a pipe dream. If we're most comforted by God's presence, if we just remember that God is walking through this with us, if we just remember that he, um, he is crying when we cry, right? He's hurting when we hurt. He's celebrating when we celebrate, and he's walking right there with us. I think about, honestly, if I can just be kind of, upfront and transparent with you, I think about 2017 and the crossroads that I'm personally at. I know that a lot of you are, are at one similar, but I'm, I'm at one where, where we had a 2016. I, it wasn't necessarily like a, a rough year. I had some rough seasons for sure, but if you know the story of our church, we launched in, you know, October of 2015, and then we pulled back in, in May And and I'm in the middle of a church planning residency with Covenant, which I'm so thankful for. We are relaunching on Easter of this year. We're having our first preview service in three weeks. Right? It is exciting. It also kind of scares me. Right? Can we just be honest? Right? Some of us are facing some things that are scary. And it's real. But I'm at a crossroads. You're at a crossroads. Right? Right? Can I just be honest right here? And and I would never presume to to cast vision for for Covenant Church, but y'all are my family, and so y'all are just going to have to kind of put up with it. I know PT isn't here, and he's the lead vision caster, but but if I can just from the outside, right? So maybe I'm not like your brother. um, Maybe I can just be your weird uncle or something like that for just a moment. Um, From the outside looking in, you guys are a fantastic church. You're full of good people that are doing great things. And I think about the place that Covenant Church is at. Um, see, y- y'all, for the most part, maybe you get to see what happens in this movie theater on Sunday mornings and I get to see what happens in the office. I get to he- see what happens when people are discipled and mentored and counseled. I've never seen, I've, and I've said this, so I'm sorry if, if every time I get up here I say this and it sounds like I'm, I'm brown-nosed and PT and I'm not. I, it's just you guys need to understand that you guys have maybe the most healthiest infrastructure and staff culture that I've ever seen. You guys are prepared for the growth that you're about to experience. I've been around for you guys when the theme of the, the, the year was, was we're training to run, right? You remember that, right? And, and that's something that, that we've, we've gone through and we've experienced. And this year, here's what I think, as I hear from Pastor Travis, if you've read the Covenant Magazine article that he you know, wrote for, for the vision for 2017, I see growth. I agree with him. I see growth for Covenant Church in 2017. I do. But not all of you are going to be able to get in on that. Why? Because the most important thing on your brain is getting to the gym at 5 a.m. Now, that's good. And you can obviously see that probably I need to do that as well. Right? But that is not the most important thing. It's not. It's just flat out not. Excelling in your job is not the most important thing in this world. Guys, at the end of this world, everything's going to burn. The people that are going to stick around are the, the followers of Jesus, the word of God, right? Jesus is going to be there. And all these things that we've been pursuing, all those gifts that we just got for Christmas, as awesome as they are, they're not going to heaven. There's people out there that are not going to heaven. And here's what I would say. There are people in this church that you need to take a step this year of obedience. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of serving? Yeah. Of sacrifice? The people that are going to get in at the ground level of the, of the growth of Covenant Church are going to be the ones who are grinding it out week in and week out. I've got an illustration for you. I, I, was, in a, I was in Arkansas doing youth ministry when um, 21 Pilots got big. Any 21 Pilots fans? Oh, gosh. Maybe I shouldn't have asked that. All right. So when 21 Pilots got big, I remember saying like, hey, those guys are from Columbus, because I was in Arkansas. I had moved from, from Columbus to do youth ministry there, and, and I was like, I got some friends that are friends with them, so, you know, I kind of know them, and we're friends, and we hang out. We don't. We hang out in the same city, and sometimes they probably drink some coffee where I drink coffee, so, you know, I'm pretty cool. Not, and uh, I remember I had this opportunity to, to kind of make it look like I was their friend and I, and I wasn't, and all that's joking aside, I remember thinking, now the people that were a part of their story, the people that really were able to celebrate Tyler and Joseph and everyone else in that, in that crew were the people that were there at the ground level. And I think about what Covenant Church is about to experience. I'm just telling you, from the, I, have, I have nothing to gain from what I'm about to say, right? I, only probably offending you. But some of you, you need to step up right? Because Covenant Church needs people who are willing to sacrifice so that the city of Grove City can be reached for Jesus. You need to step up. You need to take one more step of obedience, one more step of sacrifice, one more step of reaching out, one more step of of listening to God, surrendering to him. And the only way you do that in deciding who you're going to be before you decide what you're going to do is aligning your heart with God. You align your heart with God's. He will cast vision for your life. He will give you a vision for what your life is all about. This quote from from Henry Blackaby, um, it keeps me up at night. The man God uses does not pattern his life after well-known military strategists, political figures, heroes of this world, or other prominent Christians. Rather, he makes an absolute commitment to pattern his life after Jesus Christ as the master servant. Right? I, I think of Solomon in 1 Kings 3. And Solomon, God asks, right, what, what, what Solomon would have for the rest of his life. Like, ask for anything. If you could have anything, what would you have? And Solomon says, wisdom. Right? I'm, uh, who's going to lead your people? Like, who's, who's good enough to lead these people? These are your people. These are, these are great people. And, and who's, who's good enough and great enough to do that? I need your wisdom if I'm going to do this correctly. And what does God say? Good answer. Because you asked for wisdom and not stuff and not power and not, not, not girls and not, you know, all that stuff. I'm going to give you the wisdom, the knowledge, the influence and all that. And I'm going to add more to you. Why? Because his heart was aligned with God. Now, you can't cheat the system and say, God, I just want wisdom. And I kind of know that you're going to give me an awesome car too because I asked for wisdom. So wisdom, 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 Maserati, right? Like we're not, we're, not, we're not kind of fake channeling Solomon here in this moment. Align your heart with God this year. Align your heart with God this, this moment and you will become who God called you to be. I'm not saying that some junky stuff isn't gonna come your way this year, but what I'm gonna say is that you'll be able to weather it because God is with you and that's enough. Thanks for listening to this message from Covenant Church. For more information on our ministries or to hear more messages just like this, visit us at covenantchurch.us.